Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Laws with Restore or Retreat. I feel like we're like back on our first show. <laughs> I know, Simone, we're a little rusty. It's been a while. Um, yeah, but it's great to be back with you and, and you know, getting some shows out the door. Um, how have you been? How is summer treating you? It's very hot. Yes, it's very hot here. Um, but you know, you know what that hiatus makes me think about, you know, how like TV shows have kind of changed where they take these like year long breaks after the season ends, right? Like, <laughs> maybe that's what we did. We took a, a year long hiatus. It's very, very hot here. Um, expected maybe our first tropical system at the end of the week. But I saw a little note today I wanted to talk to you about today is um, National Nature Photography Day. Um, so I thought that was pretty neat. It always makes me always makes me think of our friend John Snell and some of his beautiful pictures. But you have um, lots of friends that are interested in nature photography. Oh yeah, I love uh, you know photography, and there's so many great folks that are working on uh, photography of Louisiana's wetlands. Of course, John Snell's wonderful. Um, we hope to have on the show soon Ben Depp, um, who uh, you know was featured in the last call for the Bayou films and really does an amazing photography from a literal bird's eye view via a paramotor soaring above Louisiana's coast. So we worked on a blog recently that just featured some of his really beautiful uh, pieces. And, you know, the, his photography captures detail in a way that like really few others can't just because he is soaring above and dangling above Louisiana's coast. And you kind of can really see the depth of vegetation and diversity of vegetation. So it's really cool. And then of course, um, Matthew White is another photographer that has done amazing work. Um, and he was recently featured in the New York Times uh, with his photography about Plaquemines Parish and kind of showing some of the, yeah, some of the photos there of the, of the parish. So yeah, that's great. Well, happy N Nature Photography Day to all our friends. Um, and speaking of, you know, hiatuses and coming back from break, you know, when you start a new season and a show, you wonder like, where are the characters? Where, where, you know, where are they from where we left off? And, you know, I think we're, some of us are in different places right now. So I, I think we have to let folks know. Um, and by some I, of us, I'm, I'm I mean, in the same place. I'm in the exact same place. <laughs> yeah. So this feels like your news to share. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By some of us, I mean, uh, yeah, myself. And I'm currently from our Headwaters studio. So, uh, you know, my family and I actually moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, where I'm currently recording the show from. So just a little upriver. But, um, you know, a few weeks ago, well, I, I gosh, it's been a month at this point. We took the journey upriver, uh, drove, drove through some really beautiful, yeah, country, and then here we are in Minneapolis. So I'm really grateful. I'm going to continue my work with, you know, restore the Mississippi River Delta and with EDF, but just from remotely from a little upriver. Um, but yeah, Minnesota's been beautiful, and it's been really cool to see uh, the river from this side. You know, I think people actually kayak on the Mississippi yeah, River here. On the river. <laughs> yeah, strange. It's like it's it's very interesting, very different. But I still feel very connected to you all. <laughs> and you found some of our colleagues, our former colleagues up there too, right? That's right. There's a little contingency of former MRD folks that are here in uh, Minnesota. So um, Liz, who's our former comms person at EDF, as well as Ashley Peters, I'm um, going to connect with them soon. So 
you know, it's it's interesting. And Marsh Dog. And, now. Yeah, we heard the news recently that um, Marsh Dog. They were featured in a Times Picayune article. Uh, they have been bought by a company that's based in Walnut Grove, Minnesota, which is, I think, not far from Minneapolis. So, um, you know, glad to see that that company and the legacy is living on. So the connections continue, Simone, even though I, I miss you terribly, you know, and I hope I can get back soon to visit. But, but yeah, I just wanted to share that news with everyone. There, that obviously have had so much happen and it feels like <laughs> the craziest kind of weeks. Almost, well, I can't say I forgot that you moved because um, it, it deeply hurts my heart every day. But I mean, we had a DEIS, we had State of the Coast, um, we had a legislative session. And so um, we could probably go on and on and on. But, but I am very interested in, in talking to our next guest. Yeah. So, you know, this is a topic that we've discussed on the past in Delta Dispatches and, and something that, you know, I think is such a huge opportunity for you know, coastal Louisiana, and there have been so many great companies that are now providing uh, ways for people, you know, locals and visitors alike to get out in our wetlands and our coastal ecosystems, you know, beyond just the airboat tour, you know, and, and the feed in the alligators marshmallows, but these are kind of the authentic on the ground tours where you get to be out in our wetlands and out in our coastal ecosystems and actually learn about the environmental uh, issues that are, you know, being brought. So um, I learned of Beyond the Bayou, um, through a partnership that we have with Old 77 uh, Hotel. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, I'd like to welcome on Jared Sternberg, who is the founder of Beyond the Bayou Tours, um, and to talk a little bit about their work. So welcome to Delta Dispatches, Jared. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Jacques and I chit-chat, being <laughs> like long-lost friends. Thank you for being Oh, yeah. Patient. No, it was great. I was definitely just text messaging in the background and all that. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Simone and I can sometimes get a little out of hand when, when you, you put us on microphones. So, so first, Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got involved with Beyond the Bayou Tours. Sure. Yeah. So I took quite the roundabout path to get into ecotourism. I moved to New Orleans from Southern California in 2010 to go to law school at Tulane. And I actually wanted to work for an environmental nonprofit such as the Environmental Defense Fund or Sierra Club or um, Trustees for Alaska or something along those lines and chose Tulane because there were some great professors there that I admired. So anyways, I moved across the country and started taking my courses and uh, ended up continuing my passion for traveling that I developed before law school and found myself uh, in the summers doing my internships um, in Brazil, Nicaragua, um, Ecuador, and Alaska, and just <laughs> still struggling to really wrap my head around um, doing a kind of more typical uh, office job, as amazing and important as it was. And I, I'm not a very argumentative person. Um, it kind of stresses me out when people don't get along. So <laughs> I thought, is there another way for me to kind of contribute and, and share, you know, my passion for wild places and wildlife with people? And so it just kind of clicked for me uh, one day that I wanted to, you know, share these experiences I'd had that had made me feel so strongly about um, local cultures and, and ecosystems because I realized, you know, I care because I've seen it and maybe if other people 
experience it in a positive way, that will kind of impact them as well. My husband is a Tulane Law grad, and he definitely did not have that same experience after graduating, so definitely traveled less. But that that's really interesting about where life's path takes you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I have nothing but admiration and respect for, you know, everyone who's, you know, working to make the world a better place in any capacity. And I think for me, I just look at it in trying to figure out where I fit in and, and what my kind of skill set can bring. And I I don't think I would have been a very good lawyer, to be frank. <laughs> There's all kinds of different lawyers, right? So I love that, yeah. that you found the way that, that suits you the best. Jared, I was going to ask, you know, I mean, you've been, like you mentioned, all over the world, Ghana, Nicaragua, um, you know, growing up in California. What really drew you to New Orleans and, and made you want to, you know, come back to New Orleans and invest in a business in New Orleans um, and in the, you know, I guess the greater region of Southeast Louisiana? Yeah. So I think there's really not anywhere else like it here. And and I know that's a bit cliche, but it's the truth, right? That the culture of New Orleans is incredibly unique and, you know, the ecosystem is special as well. And I think it being located in the South uh, made me feel like I was a bit just kind of different in my background. And like I could then maybe have a unique outlook and kind of provide some new perspective on some things, um, you know, developmentally that have been going on a certain way for a long time. Whereas as great as maybe, you know, Portland, Oregon or San Francisco is, that kind of viewpoint is a little bit more uh, popular and uh, represented. So, Jared, we saw um, tourism take a great pause in, in 2020 while we all navigated this new and, and different life. So tell us, how did your individual business navigate 2020? And tell us how you're doing today. Yeah, well, it was definitely a challenging year. Um, I think my gross revenue for the year, for example, was about 20% of the year prior. And so it was... Uh, a lot of just kind of trying to stay positive and, and work through it and try to maintain, you know, as many employees as possible. That was the hardest part for me was, you know, people that weren't doing anything wrong and, and had done a great job and just not having work available for them um, as the owner was just kind of a heartbreaking experience. But the good thing is, you know, it did bounce back and it's bouncing back quickly. And so the whole time as you're kind of mucking through and, you know, dealing with cancellation after cancellation and, uh, you know, um, skipping pay and all that kind of stuff, you just tell yourself, well, when people can travel again, like they really are going to want to, and they're going to want to do all these outdoor experiences and we'll be well positioned and it's going to be great. And, you know, there are days where that, is easier to believe than others but then like a light switch it just has come roaring back and people as they get vaccinated as you know are ready to go um and so it's been just a full you know 360 you know <laughs> starting from a good place and taking a little bit of a dive and then just coming right back and trying to you know get back into the swing of things 
That's great to hear that, you know, you all are just picking up so much. And I know kind of, you know, for the entire uh, tourism industry, especially for a place like New Orleans and thinking about, you know, hotels, places like the old 77 to see, you know, people come back and visit and, you know, enjoy our hotels and restaurants and, and ecotourists, um, I think is so great. So hopefully, you know, more people as they safely can will be able to do that um, and help, you know, the local businesses that have been navigating a really tough year, but also um, enjoy so much of what New Orleans has to offer. So I do want to ask Jared, I mean, there was a long time and I remember growing up when you think about, you know, the swamp tour and it's like the massive airboat, you know, flying through the wetlands and kind of like the thrill ride and, you know, the, the guides feeding the alligators marshmallows, which you're not supposed to do. Um, and, you know, I think in the last, you know, five plus years, there's really been an emphasis um, through businesses like your own on kind of ecotourism and education being a huge part of the tours that are offered. So can you tell us kind of in your mind what what ecotourism means to you and why is it important as the owner of an ecotourism business? Yeah, absolutely. So the nerdy definition for me would be environmentally, socially, and culturally responsible tourism. What that really means to me is respecting you know, the local people, culture, and environment uh, in, in, you know, whatever capacity it may be, whether it be in how you interact with the flora and fauna, to how you treat the people, to, you know, what you're trying to instill and impart. Um, why that matters, uh, so many reasons, but to look at it in a, on a large scale, tourism is the last time I checked, the second largest industry in the world. So around 11% of global GDP is tourism related. It's huge. It's, I think, you know, oil and gas, tourism, like agriculture, these are just massive, you know, pieces of the human experience. And so pushing to make that more responsible um, is paramount, I think, to, you know, continuing progress as a society. You know, we can't just focus on any one thing. It can't just be energy or food or, uh, you know, politics. Like it, it plays a huge part, not only in the economy, but also in the shaping of young minds. So um, I was, I was reading a little bit about the, um, the business and Y'all are um, minimizing your environmental impacts, which is obviously very important. But but tell us, what does that even mean? And what does that look like in practice? Sure. Yeah. And it's always a moving target. I'll say that. I'm never quite satisfied and always wanting to do more. Uh, but for us, what that means currently on our boat tours, uh, we use the most environmentally efficient motors we can get, which tend to be uh, four-stroke Japanese-made outboards, and then we do not feed the wildlife or disturb them in any way. Uh, we use as fuel-efficient of vehicles as we can, and we carpool, and then we also offer a lot of kayaking and walking tours. Uh, we also have a new partnership with a nonprofit called Cooler um, to make our experiences all um, not offset, but carbon neutral. And Cooler actually calculates the carbon from our tours and then purchases uh, pollution permits from the global marketplace to 
make it essentially more expensive for large polluters to do the same to kind of funnel more money into uh, pollution prevention. So, um, so I'm a, I'm a tourist, I'm coming to New Orleans. What does a typical tour look like? What are some of my options? Um, you know, where do you go? You know, those kinds of things. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's say you got a Airbnb or a hotel. Let's say you're staying at the old 77, which is a great spot in the quarter. And you give us a call and, and you say you want to, you know, see some more of, uh, the, na- the natural side of Southern Louisiana. We'll tell you about our options uh, from half day to full day tour. So you might sign up for, let's say, our paddle and plantation tour. And what that's going to be is um, one of our driver guides is going to pick you up in um, one of our vans uh, from your accommodations. Hopefully it would be uh, Aaron, who is a Mardi Gras Indian and a total amazing cultural vanguard uh, who loves to kind of share his perspective on New Orleans uh, while driving people out to the swamp. And then you'll go on about a two and a half hour kayak tour in Morapas Swamp, which is a wildlife management area. You're really unlikely to see any other boats or kayakers out there. It's a really, really pristine, beautiful bayou with very little development and traffic. Afterwards, we're going to take you to a a Cajun lunch spot um, somewhere off the beaten path. And then we'll go to Whitney Plantation, which is uh, if anyone out there hasn't been there and is considering a plantation tour, from our perspective, the most informational and educational plantation that's done from the perspective of the slaves. Um, And so it's a really, really powerful experience. And then we'll bring you back to the city and drop you off at your accommodations after a great day. That sounds like a great day. And I have to say, you know, the Moripaw Swamp is certainly one of my favorite places to kayak. Um, I think it's it's just breathtaking and the wildlife and birds and alligators you see there. It's just so cool. And also it's an area that our uh, coalition's really working to advance priority restoration projects like the river reintroduction into Moripaw Swamp project that would help sustain that vital area over time. So really great to see that be on the tour. And also, um, you know, Whitney Plantation, I've had the opportunity to go several times and it is just such a powerful um, educational and just, you know, um, sobering place to go and, and see from that perspective. It's more of a museum than anything. And so highly encourage people to read up on that, um, that place and kind of what it's seeking to do. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a really great and informative tour, Jared. So tell us a little bit about your tour guides. You know, you mentioned um, some of the folks that will meet, uh, you know, the, the, the tour, the folks that are on the tour, but who are, who are some of the folks that you have taking people out on kayaks? Um, are they, you know, are they naturalists? Tell us a little bit about the profile of some of your guides. Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. So yeah, I mentioned Aaron Hartley, who's uh, from the Wild Chapatulis, who uh, just put an album out, uh, which is fantastic. And then we've got, um, Captain Albert Luzon, who um, has been in Southern Louisiana his whole life. And what I really love about him as a captain is he not only is entertaining and a fantastic captain and how he can handle the boat, but he also has a really unique perspective on what it means to appreciate nature in the South. And so, you know, not every 
buddy who likes to hunt or fish um, is an enemy to the environmental movement. And often I think that's a misconception that people may have. So a lot of people um, from the South actually wouldn't label themselves as environmentalists or ecotourism supporters when in fact they are. And I think trying to cross that barrier and connect these kind of uh, populations is really important. And so Al worked in offshore, you know, oil and gas for a number of years and did well for himself in that, but wasn't really satisfied with uh, the career, you know, path he was on. And so we connected a few years ago and, um, you know, he was a little unsure about if he knew enough about the flora and fauna and all that. And I went out on the boat with him and he knew every single bird and every single tree. He just didn't realize how much he already knew. And then he's just been continuing to put effort in to learn uh, since then. Um, we also have a great kayaking guide, Brian Huff, um, who has been working in tourism for about 25, 30 years. Uh, he started out as a scuba instructor, and then he had his own company giving incredible, uh, really high-end historical cocktail tours in the French Quarter. And then he fell in love with the bayou and he just completed his Louisiana master naturalist course and is doing kayak tours for us and just absolutely blowing people's minds with his uh, ability to share uh, both history and the environment with our guests. It's funny that you mentioned you, you made a, uh, a good point well said about environmentalism and here in Louisiana. And that's long been said that if you live in Louisiana, whether you know it or not, you're an environmentalist. And that has everything to do with sportsman's paradise and, and all the natural resources that we have here. So it's interesting to hear you say it um, in, in a different way. So that's certainly true. Um, you know, Jacques and I obviously are, are part of this movement because our, our coast and our wetlands are under this constant threat from land loss and, and sea level rise. So how does Beyond the Bayou um, raise awareness to this issue and, and maybe talk about some of the challenges and opportunities that we face here in coastal Louisiana? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's super important to me. And I, I wish I had a really simple answer for you. But the truth is, it's a it's a conversation and a process that I work on with each guide individually. Uh, I try to provide really unique experiences for our guests. And so we have no scripts. There's no kind of canned tours. And so I've kind of enabled every guide to develop their own narrative that they want to share based on their own experience. And so the way Brian... Uh, the kayak guide does it. Um, before your tour, he pulls out maps of the greater New Orleans area and Maurepas Swamp and kind of goes through the importance of water in the region and what levees have done and what wetlands loss has done and how quickly it's disappearing. And then, you know, what the plans are with Maurepas Swamp. It's, it's pretty interesting where we are because we're in um, one of the healthier parts of that swamp ecosystem, which looks a bit different than it does closer to airline highway and, and a little closer to the coast. But uh, anyways, then Al does his uh, in his own way. And he talks a lot about uh, Cypress and Tupelo swamp and the logging that went on and, um, you know, what's 
just the role that swamps play as an important part of our ecosystem and tries to make our visitors fall in love with it. And so I think um, it's a really interesting question and we're still really working to improve it over time. And I guess the best way I could explain what I'm really trying to do is I want to make this experiences, experience as accessible as possible. Um, and this is a little tangential, but I find there are some really wonderful smaller companies in this area doing educational tours. There's a company out of uh, the Chafalaya Basin called Last Wilderness Swamp Tours that does one boat tour. There's a couple great kayak tours. Um, but then a lot of the companies that can really accommodate significant numbers of people and children are doing things in a more traditional way. And so my goal is to make a more educational experience available to the masses. Um, and so I'm kind of currently still working on how to keep that individualized and customized, but to make it, you know, as impactful for as many people as possible. So children walk away thinking that the value of the swamp is so much more than whether or not they saw an alligator eat a marshmallow. I, I love that. And I think, you know, certainly something Simone and I have seen in our work is that, you know, for people that live and work on Louisiana's coast, they have so much knowledge, even if they're not, you know, very old, um, knowledge of the changes that have happened in their community or in their lifetime. And so sometimes just hearing from those people about what they've seen, you know, in their lives, in their community, um, can be so informative, you know, for people, particularly people that are not from Louisiana and don't really understand what we mean when we talk about land loss and change from the coast or, you know, the impact of hurricanes over time. So I love that you kind of let the guides lead there with their personal narrative. Um, so Jared, you know, let's pretend going back to Simone's, uh, you know, earlier day in the life of a, a, an ecotourist. Um, you know, after the tours, you drop folks back off at their hotel, potentially the old 77. You know, they take a nap before going out to one of our delicious restaurants in New Orleans. Um, what do you want them to, you know, walk away with? Or, you know, when they get back to New York or California or, you know, Ohio, uh, what do you want them to tell their friends about their experience at Beyond the Bayou Tour? I want them to, to walk away with a profound respect for the beauty and importance of the swamps and wetlands of Southern Louisiana. That's, that's the number one thing I want them to walk away with. I, you'd be, well, maybe you wouldn't be that surprised, but I think a lot of people, when they imagine a swamp, they imagine this dirty, unattractive place, which couldn't be further from the truth. So when they leave with a respect for the natural beauty and the role it plays in uh, the ecosystem, not only locally, but also just the role the Louisiana coast plays uh, for the country. Uh, I think it's, that's the number one goal for me. That's great. That's really great. And, and again, well said. Um, Jared, y'all are partnering, you mentioned the old 77 hotel earlier, which has been um, amazing and supporting, you know, coastal restoration, um, volunteer events and, and fundraising through some of our friends at Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana and Pontchartrain Conservancy. But why don't you tell us about your relationship with the old 77 Hotel? Yeah, so 
we are setting up a, a new partnership. We're, we're going to have some joint offerings that we're putting out there to try and give people uh, a comprehensive experience of the region. Uh, so uh, there's going to be two packages to start with. One is going to be called Swamp in the City, uh, which uh, I have to give the name credits to John Price from Old 77. Uh, he's a very creative guy, and he, he came up with all these names. And so that's essentially for folks who will come and stay at in New Orleans at the hotel and will include um, our small boat eco tour in their package, which is uh, a customized flat boat with uh, reclaimed cypress wood floors and side panels and uh, custom captain chairs for each guest, just six people at a time. And then the one I'm really, really excited about, we're doing a Crescent City to Cajun Country experience. And so we're going to have a multi-night package where guests would start in New Orleans, have uh, special meals at uh, Old 77, uh, great guided tours of the quarter, and then they would come out with us to Cajun Country to meet some real cultural vanguards uh, from the region where they'll do a cooking lesson with a chef at a bed and breakfast in the bayou. We'll take them to a Zydeco Musicians home studio for a uh, learning experience and, and a little live concert. We'll take them to do a swamp tour in the Chafalaya Basin and to learn about the importance of that, uh, which is the largest river swamp in the country. And then we'll bring them back at the end to the city, back to Old 77, to have given them a kind of complete picture of Southern Louisiana, or more complete, I should say. Okay, Jared. So you're definitely making me miss Louisiana. And I think I'll be... <laughs> I, I've lived here my whole life. My main name's Stereo. I've never done those things. <laughs> exactly. I think it's a great point that like whether you're visiting, um, you know, Louisiana for the first time or whether you're, you know, a lifetime uh, resident, these opportunities are, are great and educational. So highly encourage folks to get out there and kind of book a tour with you all. And I do want to give a shout out and thank you to um, the folks at the Old 77 Hotel for their support, um, really have been dedicated to helping us address uh, coastal land loss and in particular, John Price, who's their general manager. So thank you. So Jared, you know, things are back in full swing. Visitors are coming, locals want to get out with you. Where can they go to learn more about Beyond the Bayou Tours and book a trip? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, BeyondTheBayouTours.com is the best place. Uh, you can also find us on all the review sites, TripAdvisor. Uh, you can see us on social media, Facebook, Instagram at Beyond the Bayou Tours. And yeah, we would love to host anyone and everyone and share the beauty of Southern Louisiana with you. And I thank you guys so much for having me. It was really a pleasure. Of course, Jared. And, you know, you're more than welcome to come back anytime. We're happy to share um, the good work that you all are doing and encourage folks to get out and, and learn about Louisiana swamps and coasts. Um, so I have to, before we let you go, we have a little tradition on Delta Dispatches. You can't let you go without asking uh, a fun question. So I guess my fun question, we've been talking about uh, Louisiana a lot, which of course we love Louisiana and that's where you're, you're based and working, but you've also traveled around the world um, and lived around the world. So if you had to lead um, an eco tour anywhere else in the world beyond Louisiana, where would it be and why? Ooh. Well, 
just for the record, I asked for like fun stuff and Jacques gets right to deep stuff. I thought it was going to be like, what's my favorite color gummy bear? No, yeah. no, no. Literally, it would have been something like, what's your favorite summer cocktail in New Orleans? Ooh, and Jacques like yeah. just goes to the heart of it. So answer him first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great question. And I, I've actually been so blessed to have led trips um, all over the world. And so I'm going to give one that I haven't done yet that I want to, which is I really would like to do a trip to the uh, fjords in Norway, to the Lufatin Islands in the winter to see the northern lights in February when the orcas are coming in to follow herring. And you can actually put a dry suit on and snorkel with orcas. And that to me would just sounds absolutely terrifying and beautiful um, and like something I want to experience. And, and clearly from a guy who's stuck in Louisiana with 95 degree heat this week, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, that is a, a definitely a bucket list item for me is, is Northern Lights and just find that so amazing. And so I'll, I'll go with you, Jared, I promise. Perfect. Yeah, I look forward to it. That sounds good. And we can have our summer cocktails there in the winter. Yeah, yeah. We can we can plan our trip over the summer cocktails. <laughs> there we go. That sounds great. Well, thank you, Jared, so much. And thanks to everyone at Beyond the Bayou Tours. Um, highly recommend people go check out the website and book their tour today or in the near future. Um, and with that, it's time for our coastal stat of the week. I guess this is a long one, Simone, so I can do the coastal stat and then I'll let you <laughs> close with the coastal voice. But this tour is from, or this stat is from our friends at Quipra and it's about the Mississippi River. Um, the entire area is the product of sediment deposition following the latest rise in sea level about 5,000 years ago. Each Mississippi River deltaic cycle was initiated by a gradual capture of the Mississippi River by a distributary, which offered a shorter route to the Gulf of Mexico. After abandonment of an older delta lobe, which would cut off the primary supply of fresh water and sediment, an area would undergo compaction, subsidence, and erosion. The old delta lobe would begin to retreat as the gulf advanced, forming lakes, bays, and sounds. Concurrently, a new delta lobe would begin its advance gulfward. This deltaic process has, over the past 5,000 years, caused the coastline of South Louisiana to advance gulfward from 15 to 50 miles, forming the present-day coastal plain. And again, that is from our friends at Quipra. Jacques, um, that just says everything about us, that you did all the homework, you read the hardest one, and you gave me the easiest softball. So um, thank you, and I love you for that. Um, our coastal voice for this week is Jamie from Lake Charles, and, and we were just talking about um, our friends at Lake Charles who still need all the love and support out in southwest Louisiana. Um, but Jamie from Lake Charles says, I'm an avid fisherman and want to make sure my grandkids can enjoy the same fisheries that I did. Thank you for advocating for our coast, Jamie. And just a reminder, you can add your coastal voice at mississippiriverdelta.org slash restore dash the dash coast. Awesome. Well, thanks, Simone, for that. And thank you, Jamie. And then I guess, you know, we'll have some other great episodes coming soon. Um, you know, Simone, I know we had a big announcement from the Louisiana governor's office about Louisiana's, I think it's its first ever, right? When week uh, 2021, what's that all about? 
Yeah, so this is um, part of some of the uh, resilience work and, and some of the climate things that our um, state is moving forward with. So the Louisiana Governor's Office is hosting Louisiana Wind Week, um, which will be next week. Um, and it's going to be a series of Zoom webinars. We know quite a few people involved. And so um, that's going to be from 9 to 11 Central Time um, each day from June 20 first through the 25th. You can go on the um, Louisiana Governor's page to find out more information about which topic is covered which day and um, and to sign up. And so we're actually hoping to have some of the leaders of Louisiana Wind Week on our show in the future, as well as some good old friends from Bayou Lafouche to talk about a recent article that was highlighted um, in NOLA.com, The Advocate. So got lots of things to look forward to, Jacques. Yeah, I was going to say, and you're you're being modest and leaving out that you were quoted in that article, and it was a wonderful article that Tristan Barrick at the Times-Picayune um, New Orleans Advocate did about Bayou Lafouche and a lot of the folks in, in your neck of the woods, Simone, and so fascinating to, to think about the history of that, that bayou, kind of how it's been controlled and changed over time, and of course, the opportunities to to use the river and reconnect it to the bayou to restore a lot of that area and impact everything from you know, land loss to, you know, tourism to water quality, et cetera. So hope to have those folks on again soon to talk about that article and more. But for now, thank you for joining us um, for our revamped Delta dispatches back from hiatus, ready for summer, hopefully not too hot, hopefully storms stay away. And yeah, we look forward to bringing you more shows in the near future. So until then, you can always like, rate, subscribe, and share our Delta Dispatches podcast. But for now, we'll see y'all later, alligators. Alligators.